chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. It is Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. As you can see, two windows for you viewers on the tube and any other visual medium. Bill Curlick is on vacation literally for the first time since he joined Bucknuts in 1966. That's a fact. Not that we started in 1966, but this is literally... The first official turn off your phone week for the Dean. He's been sending lots of pictures of himself and his wife sunning themselves in Caribbean locales. Not saying if they're on a nude beach or not, but that'll be for the paid version of the pod. We do have Scouting Ohio's finest and our finest here today to talk Mark Porter. First, I must begin with our sponsor, and we're very proud to have this one. This is a very cool one and one you should pay attention to. We've gotten a little different here and I think brought it closer to home, and that is Jonathan Green Grass Seed. Are you tired of looking at your lawn and seeing bare spots, patches, or weeds? We've got the solution for you. Introducing Jonathan Green Grass Seed, the secret to achieving the lawn of your dreams. With over 130 years of experience, Jonathan Green is a name you can trust for quality lawn care. Their Black Beauty Grass Seed comes in many varieties. So they can thrive in your specific region, whether you're a Buckeyes fan in the Midwest, Northwest, or Northeast, excuse me, or anywhere in between. Plus, planting Jonathan Green grass seed is easy. Just spread it on your lawn, water it, and watch it grow. It's that simple. Within just a few weeks, you'll see thick, lush green grass. That's the envy of your neighborhood. Say goodbye to bare spots and hello to a lawn. That's the talk of the town. And here's the best part, Buckeyes fans. Jonathan Green Black Beauty grass seed is endorsed by lawn care experts, and trusted by homeowners across Ohio. So much so that Wilson Turf Farm here in Columbus grows 800 acres of Jonathan Green sod every year to sell to Central Ohioans. So don't wait any longer. Make your neighbors green with envy and turn your lawn into a showstopper with Jonathan Green grass seed. Visit jonathangreen.com and use coupon BUCKNUTS10 to get 10% off your order. Jonathan Green quality lawn since since 1881 and those of you on the visual side can see at the scroll at the bottom that deal will be running consistently now 
Mark does something for us every week called Buckeye in the Sky. That's actually the brand name of his video series. We deal in a variety of things. But Buckeye in the Sky, after every game, his uh, Buckeye in the Sky for Youngstown State went up yesterday. Mark, did you see progress, even though the level of opponent may have dipped? Yeah, it's hard to define what's progress because you said it, the opponent. Uh, we dive into the minutiae of each game, the little X's and O's, the little bad footwork, the bad routes, the things that went wrong. And you hate to dive into minutiae in the Youngstown State game because what does it really mean? Uh, when you watch the Georgia game or the Michigan game every year, it's fun to dive into that because meaningful game, every plays, uh, make it or break it. Youngstown State and some of these other teams have more of a scrimmage feel to them sometimes where it's not a game plan. It's not your greatest hits of plays. It's we're trying things. We're trying personnel groupings. We're trying formations. Uh, we're giving different people a ball to see what they do with it and how they react. And we're giving people a chance on defense. Uh, it's a chance to get your defense to play faster. I, I did see a few new looks. We saw a cover zero. We saw some uh, looks where defensively we were all up in the line of scrimmage and it looked like an all-out blitz, seven-man blitz. So – you know, there are things that are progressing, and I think it's the coaches adding more each week. Uh, we saw Marvin Harrison get the ball early and often. And, you know, like last week I said, it didn't look like we were trying to get the ball to Marvin. We were just, you know, spreading it around. So I don't think we're game planning to win against uh, Youngstown State. I think we're game planning to just feel ourselves out, get to know ourselves. Uh, you know, I, I think that's this time of the year couple guys I want you to comment on specifically. I thought Kyle McCord looked a lot more comfortable. Um, the, when you see a quarterback get more comfortable, you tend to see their talent come out. And I've said this. I took some crap in this in the board uh, for saying he had a cannon. Kyle McCord has a cannon. He's got a very strong arm. He can make all the throws. Um, I'd like to hear what you think about him. And then maybe the left tackle, Josh Simmons, who has become a little bit of a lightning rod. Yeah, it, you know, with – Youngstown State's pass rush not being the fiercest we're going to see, I think that leads the quarterback comfortability. You're standing back there. You don't feel the urgency that you normally did with people breathing down your neck. So, yeah, he did look more confident, and you can see his talent. Uh, left tackle, I didn't see any real issues on film. We didn't really break down any problems with the left tackle. Yeah. Uh, but I want to see it against the premier pass rusher. Last week versus Indiana, number one made four or five plays from that defensive end position. He was a big-time player, it seemed like. I'd like to see more one-on-ones like that. I guess I'd have to dive into that question and maybe watch more reps of him to say, okay, yeah, we're, we're solid there, or you know what? Uh, here's the red flag. And look, uh, Western Kentucky is the opponent this weekend. Um, they actually do spread it out, and they will challenge your defense. Um they just don't have the talent level across the board, I think, to compete with Ohio State long term. If uh, you read the boarding house yesterday, you know, Youngstown State even felt good for the first few reps, first few series, and then you just get worn down. Once fatigue kicks in and adrenaline deletes, uh, it becomes a talent game and Ohio State overwhelmed them. Although we will see former Ohio State and Cincy receiver Blue Smith this weekend. I happen to be very good friends with Blue's dad, so. Wouldn't mind him seeing get a couple receptions in a losing effort. But um, yes, the other thing with this Youngstown State game, and this kind of occurred to me, 
you know all these Youngstown State coaches attend all the summer camps at Ohio State, and they're all buddy-buddy with the Ohio State coaches, mostly because they're non-threatening when they come to the camp. They're not going to take Ohio State's players. And, you know, I guess Coach Day and the Buckeyes could, you know, really lay the hammer on Youngstown State and maybe score 60 or 70 points. But I really don't think that's the idea of this game. If you think about it, the reason they schedule Youngstown State is to help Youngstown State, to help the athletic department, to feed their, you know, money to the program. It's not meant to embarrass or humiliate or bring them in and drop their pants in front of everybody. And when I watch them play and you see the score, I know, you know, it wasn't the score we hoped for. I kind of had this thought in the back of my head, like, the Buckeyes would score 60. I mean, they're not calling off the dogs in any way, but they're not going after those types of things. You know, they're, they're getting other guys in there. They're rotating. They're getting quarterbacks in. They're getting other defenders in there. It's not a, we're going to stranglehold these. Now, maybe Western Kentucky may be a different story. They don't, you know, usually rub elbows with those guys. But this Youngstown State staff, Coach Phillips and those guys, they're chummy with the Ohio State guys. So, you know, when you see these scores, it's it's more of a classy thing to help some of these lower programs out uh, and more than a game sometimes. I, I almost see the business side and the friendship side behind the scenes sometimes, behind the scenes. I agree with that. I think we've also, at least I did, underrated the clock changes in terms of how many. Ohio State had 17 possessions at Indiana last year and 10 this year. That's a but, massive yeah. difference, Okay. That's yeah. the reason the scoring isn't as high. It's not the offense. That doesn't make any sense. If you do it by minute, it's about the same. So, um, that that is a, a very, progress. yeah, that is a very down low statistic and a hidden statistic that yeah definitely leads to your output. It's bites at the apple. All right, this has become number one topic among uh, the those with concerns crowd. Doug Shepard fantastic viewer, listener, etc. Why do we have to blitz an FCS opponent when we have two five-star defensive ends? Basically, uh, my point on this was that I thought Western Kentucky and Indiana, they ran the ball almost every obvious, obvious passing down. I'm talking like your third and eights where you're pinning your ears back. Is the pressure on the quarterback what we expected? No, it's not. Um, do you think that's personnel-based, scheme-based, Mark? What do you think it is? Uh, opportunity-based. Like you said, they're not seeing as many dropbacks. Um, if you're a Youngstown State, are you going to go seven-step drop or five-step drop and let people tee off on your tackles? No, you're bubbling, you're, you're swing passing, you're short game, you're three-step game. You're not messing with that type of stuff. I mean, if you're smart, and as you pointed out, you're down possessions, uh, so you're down opportunities. You know, and okay, maybe that pass rush isn't there, so why are you blitzing? How about to practice it? How about it because we're going to use it later this year and we don't want to just blitz uh, for the first time against Michigan in week 10. I I mean, I think it's part of the defense. I think you blitz as a normal uh, percentage. It's 20%, 30%, whatever it is. So two or three out of every 10 are coming. Uh, It is a red flag that those guys haven't had their signature pass rush moments yet, whether it's the pass rush move where they're in there before you can you know, the other team gets off the ball. You see it, you know, with other players now. They're, they're jumping the snap and they're making those big plays. So that pressure, I think, is going to build on those guys. But when that ball's out that quick and that often, I think that's going to mess with your numbers. And 
yeah, you, you think, oh, FCS opponents, boy, this is going to be three sacks for both of them. These guys are fools. They're just going to keep dropping back and getting hammered. Well, maybe you have a coaching staff on the other side that, you know, sat around all week and said, hey, let's not let this turn into a sack fest. Even if we have to run it on third and 12, you know, play possession, play, you know, field, uh, field position, hopefully run the clock, get to halftime or the end of the first half with a score that's manageable where you can go into the locker room and say, hey, guys, you know, we have a chance here. So, you know, but I think you practice blitzing whether your defensive ends are good or not. Here's what I would say to this. Mike Schaefer, concerned that this team will not be able to raise its level of play once it goes to Notre Dame. I agree that uh, the litmus test for the first portion of the season is going to be uh, determined in South Bend. But I would ask everybody here, did you feel the same way when they went to play Georgia last year? Everyone thought we were being led to the woodshed. I would these people deserve the benefit of the doubt until further notice. Look, if they go to Notre Dame and get whacked, you're not going to need us to uh, raise holy hell. You know what I'm saying? No pun intended. Uh, It's going to take care of itself, but we do need to exercise a wee bit of patience and let these kids get their feet wet. Um, I'm not saying they've been impressive. And look, the defensive ends have not made – the splash plays expected. Uh, I said yesterday, I think we've been spoiled uh, by the Bosa brothers who now combine to generate more revenue than I think the Eastern seaboard. But um, let's have a little bit of patience. If they go to Notre Dame and get whacked, or if they go to Notre Dame and get pushed around on the line, or if they go to Notre Dame and the quarterback looks bewildered, we have all the right to express genuine crazy frustration. But, Until then, I almost wonder how much – I do also wonder how much we are showing on offense in terms of scheme and stuff like that. They pulled out that one play for Travion Henderson with a little uh, misdirection on it, and that was about as easy a touchdown as you're going to see. So I wonder if they don't have a few things in the bag. Uh, I I think uh, you mentioned something, emotion, okay? Uh, Sure. I don't think Ohio State has brought the emotion yet to a game. I think you see a lot of jumping around in pregame, and yeah, we're here. But the talk during the week is, yeah, I'm going to kill Youngstown State. Yeah, I'm going to kill these guys. There's no worry or concern. I think you see an emotional team when they play Notre Dame, just like you saw against Georgia. And as much as I've been following football my whole life, most upsets that you say there's no way the uh, the team can be win – the emotion is usually why the upsets happen. You have an emotional team that's been trash talked. Think Michigan for however many years they've been trash talked. And when they play Ohio State the last two years, you see the emotion in their game. That's what I think you'll see at Ohio. I wouldn't Ohio State Notre Dame play. I think you'll finally see the game plan open up, the emotion, the try hard, the playing for keeps. I think that all comes out right now. These really just have a scrimmage feel to me. And I don't want to, you know, no, you're do right. that to other teams, but I think it's it's more of a scrimmage field than, okay, our nuts are on the line and we're playing today. Even from the standpoint of, you know, uh, putting your best effort on tape, the only people putting their best effort on tape was Western Kentucky there. If you were an Ohio State player, you were supposed to kill the guy in front of you. You're basically setting yourself up there for NFL film for the uh, Youngstown State. And, and, and conversely, you're getting – 
Uh, I, I took a half of a motion from Indiana. You're getting a half of a motion from Youngstown State where you're getting the fury. I mean, it's their whole – it's their Super Bowl playing you. Yeah, so throw that in there. And, that, that, hey, we're used to that. That's part of this game. Everyone's going to come out and give us their best uppercut. And, hey, why is she threw a few uppercuts and hung around a little bit? Great job by them. But you you haven't seen Ohio State's best. No, I agree. Sage, Ohio. Uh, Mark, I want to get your opinion on this. Play McCord the entire game. The so-called battle is over. Devin Brown played uh, more against Western Kentucky than he did against Indiana. You mean Youngstown um, State? Your thoughts? Yeah, you know, uh, this quarterback position is tough. You, you want to invest reps into your starter and prepare him. You want to get all the looks he's going to see and prepare him. And it's almost like giving reps to the other quarterback sometimes can take away. But those other reps are valuable to give to that backup. There's going to be a day and time when you're going to need them. You don't need two inexperienced quarterbacks. So for these first couple scrimmages, it's not the worst thing to divvy up these reps, whether it's 63 or 6030 or something like that, to you know, make sure they're both comfortable going into the real battles. But I get the points. At some point you make a decision and you just go with it. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to take a quick break here to talk about our second sponsor of the day, and that is Caldera Lab. Guys, you're going to brush your teeth today. Why is that? Because it's a healthy part of your day, and you don't want bad teeth. You want to take it another step and add in skincare habits to your daily routine. I just did, and I promise you, I'm never going back. I'm hooked on Caldera Lab, guys. High-performance men's skincare products. As you can see, this rosy complexion, I actually have added a ring light that I'll have to set up here. So I'm going to get hopefully more handsome as we go. I know that's virtually impossible. Enter your jokes. Backed by legit clinical tiles that found 94% of men's skin showed an overall younger looking appearance after using their products for only a few weeks. Caldera Lab is a regimen you've been looking for. The regimen includes three products that make up one minute in the morning and one in the night. Habits don't get any easier than that. Incorporating skincare before you brush your teeth guarantees to not mess up your routine, leaving your breath fresh and your face refreshed. We have, this is our best offer available anywhere. Use Bucknuts at CalderaLab.com. Get 20% off right now. Get 20% off with code Bucknuts at CalderaLab and make yourself unforgettable first impressions that lead to the charming words, you look younger. 20% off at CalderaLab with the code Bucknuts. So we got your face cleaned up, we got your yard cleaned up, and now we need to get your uh, 
Back to your football questions. Let's do this. Okay. You saw Jack Sawyer in high school as much as anybody. I was guilty of claiming he may need a paternity test or some kind of blood test to see if he was the third Bosa brother. That was not outlandish given his high school track record. He was the number one defensive end in the United States. He was an unbelievable high school athlete. He was the most productive Ohio high school freshman in varsity basketball and football. Uh, Are you surprised he has not made the impact at Ohio State that was expected? Um, You know, I'm going to back up stuff. Lately, we've been saying, hey, let's stop calling every player the next Marshawn Lattimore, the next Joey Bosa, you know, and yeah, and I think we do that with everybody, and it's fair because, yeah, Ohio State's where those players do come from. You know, we do produce top 10 talent regularly. So we do this to players over and over, and then when they come in and two games into the schedule, we're ready to bench them and pull the next guy in, and that's always too soon for that. I think he'll be fine is the, is the short answer. But, yeah, let, let's put the microscope on it, and maybe over the next couple of weeks after two games, we start looking at these guys a little more, and maybe we start breaking down some of their pass rushes to see if uh, maybe maybe there's not as much explosion as there was or what, what's missing. Or is it they're getting chipped, the ball's out soon, they're rotating, they're not in as much, not as many possessions. Is it a very simple, explainable answer, or is it an emotional answer where fans are just like, I expected four sacks by now, and you know my fantasy team's not getting the, the statistics that you know needed. Um, those guys have supreme talent. It should show up here throughout the season in a, I say, not in a limited sample size way. Is kind of what we're doing right now. So let's, you know, all these flags we were talking about today. Let's put these flags on the board and let's look yeah. at them going forward and not look at what happened. Let's just go forward with a bigger sample size and before we make the judgment. And I think that's what I'm trying to say is I don't want to make a judgment like, oh, yeah, he's slower this year. He's, you know, he's going against worse tackles the first two games and he can't get a sack. That's not the case and we're not going to make that judgment. But that feels to me what fans are worried is happening. Like, oh, my gosh, he can't get by these bad tackles or both of them or all of our guys can't. Um, The left tackle for Youngstown State's an NFL prospect. Okay, he's no slouch. So, you know, maybe he ran into another grown-ass man during a game and it was a fight, okay? So there's, there's a lot of things going on there. And, and I, I really, I hate this. I'm, I'm really going to be the guy from now on that tries to moderate the high school guys coming in that we don't self-anoint guys to walk in. I mean, we've been waiting for Sunny, Sunny Styles and Hicks for two years because we anointed. And they're just now showing up. And it, and it feels late for the fans, but they're just on time. They're doing exactly what they should have done on the schedule. They should have done it. Sonny Styles is ahead of the, the curve, guys. He's like, uh, he should be a freshman in college. A fresh, yeah, he should be a freshman. Um, and he looks not like a freshman. Uh, Buckeye 80. I will handle this one. Everyone is leveling up in the Big Ten, but it seems Ohio State hasn't taken the next level above the rest in the conference. And with UCLA and USC coming in, they better get it done. What's your take? Ohio State has the number two recruiting class in the country right now. Um, I'm not sure what you wanted them in terms of leveling up. The, the key to the game is talent acquisition. And as crazy we get about recruiting, go look at their recruiting class. It's fantastic. It's got a chance to get much better. 
um, the way you level up and stay good is with talent. And um, they're going to have as much or more talent than anybody in the conference, even if Georgia joins. So I think that's a little bit chicken little there for my opinion. Play C.J. Hicks. Now, this is something that's become common. The fact is C.J. Hicks is backing up some good players. The linebackers that are in there right now, uh, Steel Chambers and uh, Tommy Eichenberg, are really good players. Sonny plays a different position. He's basically the whatever high school you went to. Uh, we called it the Falcon. Some people call it the Monster. He's the Jack here. He's basically your glorified hybrid defensive back, safety, defensive end. We put this guy where we want to make a play. That's not what Hicks is playing right now. He's waiting in line. So do you think I have that assessed correctly, Mark? Yeah, and that's why I don't like to anoint because when you anoint, you're basically – disrespecting all the juniors and seniors that have been working for three or four years that have those jobs. Yeah. Sonny Styles is just going to come in and take all these seniors jobs or CJ Hicks. And that logic just is flawed to me. You can't, you're dissing your starters. When you say a freshman's that good, he's going to come in and take their job. So you're right. This is like a St. Ed's. You might not get on the field till you're, you know, junior or senior year as good as you are, the Deont- Deontay and Devontae Armstrong didn't start till their junior year at St. Ed's. They were JV players as sophomores. Are they bad players because they played JV? No. And that's much like Ohio State. C.J. Hicks is going to be great someday, but the log jam has him back there. And God forbid there's injuries that force them in there. But, you know, that may be way with the way we see him sooner than later. Darren Dorsey. Great first name and spelled correctly. We always look at a total number as far as classes, but when the majority of your high five five stars are at one position, it's misleading. I believe that is an implication that we're only getting five-star wide receivers. There's only, there's three in the class. They also have a very highly rated quarterback, some tremendous running backs, great offensive alignment from the state. So I do get that we've somehow turned Heartline's recruiting into a negative in some way because we're comparing it to the rest of the group. Why don't we just be thankful that we're getting so many five stars? You can't have the most five stars in your class nationally and then complain about what position they're at, I don't think. I think that's actually against the 24-7 sports code of conduct. Um, So let's just check. I I have uh, too many Ferraris in my garage, and they're all not the right color. Come on, man. Uh, Yeah. Do you think Purdue would be complaining? Uh, oh, another five-star receiver? Come on, man. Uh, this is a tough one. What is the difference in this year's D-line and the 2002 D-line? What fell off? Coaching, scheme, talent. I'm going to assume that means 2020. Because if it means 2002, dude, it is too early, and I am too old to remember that. Um, and, it, and it's too early in a season. You're asking – us to judge a team that played 11, 12 games that year versus a team that's two games out of the gate and say, oh, this this team was clearly better on the defensive line. Let's let's give this a little time. And, yeah, I mean, we don't want to compare it to the Mount Rushmore of the best ever. No class is going to – or no D-line is going to, you know, pull up to the Rushmore class of all the best. So, I, I mean, it, it feels to me, and this is why we're on Bucknuts, that the fans are just a little anxious that the scores weren't the way they wanted them. It, but it feels like they feel like we lost and, and we're going to lose. The, the nervousness out there is, is palatable in Buckeye Nation for some of these fans. And I don't think it should be that way. 
Brass tacks. Ohio State doesn't have dogs. The linebacker's position is running a 4-7, the 40, and not the first two rounds of the NFL draft. That is factually inaccurate. Pete Werner ran, I believe, in the mid-4-6s and is one of the better players on the Saints' defense, and he was drafted in the second round. Uh, Tommy Eichenberg will be drafted, I think, in the second or third round. Steel Chambers will get drafted, so that is just uh, not super accurate. And, yes, let's talk about Garrett Wilson here briefly based on what went on last night. I am no Jets fan, especially as they are headed to uh, face America's team this weekend. But that was about as harsh uh, a taken out a fan base at the knees that I have seen in a long, long time. Um, Not since Tom Brady's knee injury. This is worse. This is worse because the Brady injury occurred on a team that had already experienced Super Bowls, et cetera. And this was the Jets. Finally, the Jets Jets quarterback situation is one of the worst quarterback, one of the worst positional setups of all time. They're like matching the Bears. They're talking, you know, it's like uh, Chad Pennington and Bob Babalini chatter. So this was their chance. And I feel terrible is not the right word. I do feel a little bit bad for Garrett Wilson in that statistically this would have been a much better season for him. Um, but he showed you last night, you know, Dwayne and I used to do a show every year where we rank the players on the team at Ohio state, just who's the best player heading into his sophomore year. And we would never tell each other. We both chose Garrett Wilson. And I think we've been proven out to be right. He is his catch last night in the end zone. You could watch football for another 50 years and not see a catch that good. Um, so he's going to be tremendous. I, I wish I would have loved to see him play with Aaron Rodgers for a year. And I have to admit, I don't usually feel bad for fan bases, considering the fact uh, my team has not been to the Super Bowl since good Lord. But um, that was just I, I rough. Put, yeah, I put my money where my mouth is and I drafted him on my fantasy team twice. Like, I, I, I was one of those guys drinking the green Kool-Aid, and I'm not a Jets fan, but I thought an accurate, experienced quarterback with Aaron Rodgers uh, throwing to Garrett Wilson, boy, that just that's what great wide receiver, you know, quarterback combos are made of. Explosive receivers with great hands who can get open with guys who can get them the ball. And, boy, is Zach Wilson going to find out what Daniel Jones found out next week when he plays those Cowboys, and the Jets are going to be back to square one. But, that's brutal. I mean, I, I thought Garrett Wilson could have been rookie of the year. How about player of the year? You know, if, if Aaron Rodgers didn't win it. So, yeah, tough break. He, he was definitely looking at a chance to be an all-pro player, and now I don't think he'll have that chance, just to, statistically. Yeah. Oracle, not happy with our linebacker comments. Tommy Eichenberg won't make the second round. First of all, off-ball linebacker has become a devalued position in the NFL, just as running back has. So, where you get drafted in terms of sticking, I don't think has much to do with it these days. So we shall see. I, I think you're going to be surprised where Tommy Eichenberg gets drafted. Um, he's a plug-and-play player, and um, that's still very hard to do in the NFL as much as we uh, – yeah, this is a very good point by Doug Shepard. It does. It does look like gravity affects Garrett Wilson differently than mere mortals. He is – he is an unbelievable player. Uh, let's see here. We'll ask a couple more questions. We can preview uh, the video yeah, coming. Yeah, let's do that. 
what do you got coming on your uh, high school reviews? We've got some uh, video going up soon. And then uh, if there's anything we definitely need to know for the weekend, but let's just focus on what we got coming up from you video wise. Yeah. You're going to get inundated by video of me. Cause I'm a little late from the last week, but week two and three, Bill Carlick saw uh, Bryce West, the Marion Mitten. Uh, we're going to have video coming of uh, the, the unbelievable performance from Cleveland Heights players, uh, Marquise Davis, his big runs, uh, then last weekend, Troutwood Madison. There's some young guys there. Jamarcus Weiss is probably the best defensive tackle I've seen this year. He's the most explosive, and I've seen a few good ones. Uh, the Wayne players, I've seen a great tight end at Wayne. We're going to see some players. Kamari Smith. Uh, I'm going to show you some guys you haven't really heard of. Uh, this week, I went to see Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson, Bill Curlick, and I have been chasing around the planet for a couple of years now. And when we show up, he's either winning so much he doesn't have to play or he's been injured. This was his best game by far I've witnessed. He did a great job on offense running the ball. Uh, Sean Patrick for Kenston is head to Akron, and he's one of the most explosive players in the class. He's not that big, but he is one of the fastest. Watching Bo Jackson track him down from behind was one of the best plays I've seen this year. So there's going to be some great players for you guys to check out and a bunch of for you recruit Knicks that are looking to – Look behind the curtain. There's going to be some nerdy guys in there that we may be talking about later in the summer that haven't hit the recruiting scene yet. Should be a good weekend. Believe it or not, the dean won't even be back on Thursday. The guy is just, does he like to work or does he like to sun himself in the Caribbean? We're going to find out because uh, never happened before. And we'll hopefully get him back the week after that. If he doesn't come back, we'll have to figure out a way to soldier on. We appreciate you guys stopping by. There's a lot of good questions on here we didn't get to. Save them for Thursday, and Mark and I will hit them then. Have a good one, bye. Five, 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 five,